now I've had a bit of a taste of what goes on outside Australia. I want more. So I've sort of set myself a goal that um, once a year I want to get out of Australia and attend a conference, whether it be presenting or just be a delegate. So um, that's, yeah, so something that I hope to do in the next couple of years. You're listening to the NZ PE Teacher Cast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing teachers and educators within New Zealand and around the world. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform supporting Kiwi teachers and students through NCEA. With the ability to track student progress and quiz results, data provided by My Study Series ensures teachers remain informed of how well their students are performing. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 33 of the NZPE Teacher Cast and the second episode for 2018. Uh, today we welcome an innovative high energy primary PE teacher who does amazing things with technology, flipped and blended learning and is sharing a lot of useful and creative content online via her website and Facebook page under the brand Miss Physical Education. I had the pleasure of sitting in on one of her workshops at the Connected PE Conference in Dubai where she shared her experience flipping the classroom and I can tell you she's doing some great work in this area. But enough from me, I'd like to welcome Christina Politeko to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for having me and um, Happy New Year to everyone who's listening out there. And it's just great to be um, talking to you, Carl, and talking to everyone about my experiences as a physical education teacher and where I've been and where I started and how I got to where I am today. And I really look forward to, um, to answering some questions and extending my um, experiences with everyone. Awesome. It's. I think this has been a long time coming. Um, I really should have had you on uh, a wee while ago, but catching right. up with you in Dubai, it was um, just good incentive to finally um, get you on here. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your teaching background and experience and a few tidbits about your school and the students you teach? Yeah, so I'm going into my ninth year of teaching and I've been recently all together three different schools. So I was at a school uh, for six years and I started there as a graduate and it was a brand new school. So um, like I tell everyone, I was thrown into the deep end, but it was probably the best experience that I could get because I was running the show and the expectations were high because we were brand new and we wanted to really set the standards for the other schools around us. So um, it was it was a great experience. And I then moved on to another school in 2016 where I was there for just a year and, but that led me to another opportunity, which I couldn't say no to, and that's my current school at the moment, um, which is called Newbury Primary School, which is in Craigieburn, about 15 kilometres from the Melbourne airport. And so I run the Help and PE program there, and also I run the Digital Technologies uh, program as well. And I think at the start of my teaching journey, I, I had no idea um, – honestly, what education was um, as, a, as a teacher. I mean, you know, I just thought you go in, you play your games, you head home, fantastic. What a job, what a lifestyle. And you get 12 <laughs> weeks a year of holidays. And honestly, that's a, that was my approach because I didn't see the benefits of, of you know, a high-quality teacher and I wasn't exposed or I didn't take the opportunity to go and look uh, to see what an outstanding PE program was. So it, it wasn't really to about my fourth year of teaching where I sort of got the um, slap on the wrist and say, hey, you got to pick up the game now. And, and, and that I did. And, again, I was exposed to Andy Hare, who's my mentor, who's my friend, um, to the, some of the Aussie phys ed group, um, watching or seeing Jared Robinson online, what he does, and then getting connected through Twitter. So I would, that was then able to um, explore and see what adventure I can create for myself and then what can I give for my students where I teach? So it's taken a while, but um, each year it just seems to get better and better, which is exciting. What was the impetus to leave your first school where you had spent six years? Yeah, um, so I knew it was time for me personally. Um, I knew I wanted to challenge myself even more. So I've heard that people have stayed at schools 10, 20 
years and they just don't want to move. They feel right, the comfort zone. But I knew I need to get out of my comfort zone because I thought I've, I've done really well to set up that high-quality programs. But it was now <clears throat> time for me to take a leap of faith and go out somewhere else and completely new area and, and, and a different region. Um, so we were, I was teaching in the Western region. Now I was moving to the Northern region. So that was completely different for me. New teachers, uh, which I didn't, I didn't know anyone there. It was new students. So that for me was, I, I had to do it because otherwise I would be just sticking to the same school, doing the same things over and over again and uh, really not pushing myself. So if I get out and see what else goes on in different schools, I can then, you know, take that on board and then use it in my class for my learning professional development. And then um, at the end of 2016, I was approached to to um, start up at a brand new school as well, which opened up 2017. And that for me, I couldn't say no because I had all these experience with me and then put it into a brand new school to develop that culture, to develop that school community um, is something I was very excited and I'm, I'm really excited to get back into, into work. A lot of people think, you know, you should be staying on holidays, but I'm excited to get back and to really um, challenge myself even more and, and, and the school community. I think six years is a really good time frame. Um, I, I did seven in my first school and I don't know if, if you felt like this, but I started, I was getting stale and when I thought about leaving, um, I started to have a bit of self-doubt in my abilities because I started at the school. Um, I'd been there my whole career. I thought, you know, I lucked out by getting the position at this fantastic school. So when it came to all these other opportunities, I thought, oh, no, I'm not really good enough or oh, do I really want to leave? I'm quite comfortable here. But I think just getting out and um, testing testing yourself and challenging yourself, I think that's where you want to be. You don't want to be somewhere where it's easy or comfortable. You want to be experiencing new things and seeing those new challenges and finding ways and solutions around those. So um, well done on that. Yeah, yeah and, and my old principal, the first one, she, um, she did mention to us on the very first day of when we opened back in 2010, she goes, if you're still here in five years' time, then we're not doing our job. And there are still teachers that are still there. I was still contacting <laughs> But I think that they're – they were all about encouraging to really um, make us the best educators as possible with yep. their support and then supporting us to move on if needed. You, you mentioned the role um, that you're leading digital technologies. What what does that look like? Um, pretty blank at the moment. So <laughs> I had to do a bit of a um, bit of bit of reading throughout the summer holidays just on um, just to get the head around the new curriculum that was implemented a couple of years ago into into Australia and Victoria. So this is all about, um, I guess, it's not just the ICT part of things. It's about using, um, uh, you know, the, what's ha- what's going to be looking like in the future for our students. So, um, you know, using the robots, um, using the different unplugs, so um, connecting their technologies with integrating with, you know, numeracy and, and literacy. So what I'm doing at the first thing, for term one is, is creating a digital technologies group, an action group, so we can then break down the curriculum even more and then support our classroom teachers to to work on it, to report on it. And because when they when they when you do look at the curriculum side of things, it's like, whoa, that's that's full on. So but it's important to, to break it down and when you look at things that other schools have done, um, it's quite simple and it's quite engaging and, and really clever the way they um, implement the technology side of things. You know, they, that includes like patterns, um, um, B-bots that you might see on um, on Twitter. And I know that Wayne Schultz is a huge fan of that. Um, so if you follow him on Twitter, go have a look at what he does in, in terms of incorporating to physical education. But my role is to make sure that the staff are comfortable in using it that they're comfortable to ask me um, for, for assistance. So I, I'm coaching um, all staff. I've been allocated once a day, uh, once a day, once a week. So on a Friday, and so I teach four days of PE. Okay, so you get one day release a week. Yes, one day release. I'll, I'll head into the classrooms and um, and work one on one with the, with the teacher, but then also model uh, what a, a lesson could look like yeah. as well. So that's like a literacy numeracy coach. How have they? How have the teachers responded so far? Um, well, last year, two thousand seventeen, was more of a 
hey, this is your what you're doing, so get used to it. And so I was more so understanding um, what it takes or how to, how to do it and, and what's, what's involved. So that's by researching different schools, uh, different uh, networking and a huge networking on, on Twitter, of course, and then basically just discussing with teachers their strengths and weaknesses and um, being able to use it effectively and, and purposely because this is guiding our students for the future, for the next 20 years plus, because we've got to think about that we're teaching our students for jobs that aren't uh, existed yet. So we're preparing them for the future. Yeah. Yeah, too true. And uh, it sounds like they've got the right person for that position. Um, and it sounds like you, you've got a good approach. And uh, yeah, so. I've been familiar with, with a lot of the great work you've been doing for a while now, but I didn't actually get to meet you until actually we were, it was, okay. uh, what more was it we were in? And I oh, walked past you and I thought, oh, that's Christina. And then you like yeah, kind of stopped and we said, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us about your experience heading to Dubai for the Connected PE conference and maybe your best takeaway. Yeah. Um, so at the start of last year, I saw Jared Robinson post on Twitter saying, are you interested in presenting in Dubai? And I had a look at the link and I thought, oh, yeah, this would be awesome. You know, it was just an elective session for 45 minutes. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll apply for it. I'll put my hand up. You know, if they like what, I, what I've put up or if they don't like it, then at least I've tried. So probably about March I got the email saying uh, we've accepted your uh, application. I was like, whoa, this is actually happening. So um, and then there was a few terms and conditions in terms of, you know, this is something that you need to fund yourself will help you pay for the registration of the conference. And I had no hesitation in, in accepting because this was an opportunity um, not only to present internationally but to meet some of the um who i call visit rock stars who are famous for me um to meet with them to greet with them to shake hands with them was an uh an opportunity you couldn't say no to so um it was a while that i was a bit of a i did a bit of a countdown and you know it was like seven months five months and all of a sudden it was only a couple of weeks to go so i was really pumped and i presented two sessions um, in Dubai on um, flip learning in primary setting and also um, you have the power to make physics great, which is, uh, I guess, a bit of a col uh, collating all my ideas and resources and how I make my programs really great. So it was just an outstanding um, conference. It was it was nice and small. There was a lot of outstanding presenters out there from around the world. And I guess Probably the, uh, besides networking and connecting and making friends, <clears throat> excuse me, with different people, but I think what I got most out of it is that it's the phys ed, the future of phys ed is so exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some of the things that, you know, even yourself on gamification, um, Adam with Google, um, the Jared on tech, um, you know, Joe Bailey with her keynote speech, Shane Peel, what they were telling us, and we can't forget Dale with his fitness side of things, but um, <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting to know that this is what's going to be happening in our classrooms if you take it on board. It's easy to watch and, and look at it and think, oh, yeah, that was really good. But if you don't implement these kind of things into your classrooms, then obviously um, it's not exciting. But for me, phys ed is, is going to be very exciting and to think what's going to happen in 10 years' time. Um, and if you look back what happened 10 years ago, what a difference it's been. Um, I think it's just exciting. And to know that there are so many educators around this world that have the same love and passion for phys ed is just brilliant. And that's what Dubai was about. It was not about what can you do or you, you're you really good at that stuff. It's about or, hey, this is what I do, but how can I help you to adapt this into your classroom or how can I support you in this role or how can you support me as well? So it's, it was just an outstanding conference and they're well organised as well. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm 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 blown away that that you self-funded this this trip. I was extremely lucky being a masterclass presenter that my airfare was covered, but for you to self-fund that is yep. – I've never heard of anything – a teacher doing anything like that before, especially to Dubai, you know, that's a, that's a massive expense. It's halfway around yeah. the world. You were, you were the second longest flight probably, um, after yeah. me. 
Yeah, and, and so you know that's that's a massive pat on the back, and it just shows where your I think where your values sit in terms of giving to that community and and being able to share your experiences. Yeah. And and that's, yeah, that's right. you're right. That's what it was about. It was a fantastic conference. It was a small conference. I think maybe 130, 140 people, but that made it. That's what made it unique. I think there wasn't any. And you can you could walk up to anybody and talk to them and say hello and introduce yourself and get to know them. Um, it was that yeah. sort of conference, and there was a lot of good feedback. The keynote speakers were, oh, were fantastic. Um, it was just a really good conference, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Jared um, cranks out this year because um, I know he's got some good plans in the works. So um, hopefully we, we see another high-quality presentation uh, conference from him. No, I think so. Um, yeah, because I'm just saying that but I'm heading up to Nashville in March this year, um, and that's something, again, it's, it's, it's self-funded by, by myself, and then I'm taking the opportunity to do a bit of travelling for, you know, three or so weeks and then head back to work. But I think what um, encourages me even more is, is support from my leadership group at school is that they've never hesitated and say, oh, look, I don't think it's a good idea and you, you're taking too much time off work. It's about, well, go out there, see what you can do for yourself, but what else can you bring back to our school community? So... That for me just gives me more confidence and more desire to, hey, now I've had a bit of a taste of what goes on outside Australia. I want more. So I've sort of set myself a goal that um, once a year I want to get out of Australia and attend a conference, whether it be presenting or just be a delegate. So um, that's, yeah, so something that I, I hope to do the next couple of years. Yeah, that is good that your your leadership team support you. And at the end of the day, it's it's coming straight back to your school and your kids as well because you're going to build knowledge and experiences away, uh, learning from these different curriculums and these different teachers. And we all, every part of the world approaches physical education differently, but yeah. uh, under yeah. the same sort of core values. So it's great to see those um, all those small tidbits that you can take away and, and they do come back um, to your Absolutely. students. So it, it makes sense for them to support you. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You've you've created a, a fairly awesome online community called Miss Physical Education and you've got a popular Facebook page and I think you've got a new website up. What what drove you to get started with sharing and giving back to the community? Yeah, um, well, I think it's probably because when I was studying and when I was entering the the workforce, I I didn't really know where to go for support and and hence why, you know, kickball, dodgeball was played pretty much every second week of the lessons. And I honestly just didn't know where to go. Uh, despite having four years of uni, I, I still think I learned most when I was on placement. So um, when I did get in touch with, um, you know, uh, for example, Andy Hare and he got me onto Twitter and, and boxer, and um, I, I saw wow, a whole new side to education, and and how it can really support uh, not only yourself, but you know other teachers, and, and obviously then leads to our students. So I began my Facebook page probably about eighteen months ago, and I thought, hey, this would be a nice, easy way to connect with other educators to quickly post my ideas, post what other educators are doing, so then they get the feel oh, hey, look at these resources. This is really easy to use. So um, never did I imagine to be, um, I guess it's going really well, really well. Um, and I'm able then to um, start conversations. I've had a lot of teachers, especially last year, that got, got in contact with me in, um, in Melbourne that have visited me on a one-on-one teaching basis. So they came in and, and observed and um, and that's when we are able to, to develop more professional learning with each other. And I think it's just giving back, like, or just helping people. It's because I, I know what it's like knowing that you walk into work and you're like, oh, what does learning intention mean? So, you know how many times I've seen and heard people not using learning intention and success criteria because they're, they're unaware of things. So if wow. I can give them one idea or one suggestion, then I'm able to help for 500 students in their school. Um, and that's the way I see it. it's about providing an, an outstanding um, education for the students and being and for the teachers to feel comfortable and confident in knowing that while there's a lot of great ideas here, but not not just from me because I, I love to share what others do and, and put it online, and and I also like to share um, um, different podcasts so they can listen to. Um, and I, I guess that's just what drove me. Just just make sure that they're not stuck in that hole and thinking I'm, I'm alone. You're not definitely not alone. You just, 
you've got to do something about it and 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 and, and ask those, ask those questions so your students do um, get stuff out of out of PE. Um, and I have created my new website um, and I did launch it. I or mid on end, towards the end of last year and um, and it's going really well. So it's all the resources that I, I've created um, have been inspired by other educators um, and I guess that's the power of networking. Uh, they give you some kind of spark and it's just like, oh, this looks good. I might adapt it or I might completely change it and, and create something new that um, has given me some inspiration. So it's, it's there. Um, you know, I've got a mailing list at the moment. Um, so a lot of, a lot of su- subscribers that I, um, email from time to time and have a bit of a monthly newsletter. So, so they're up to date on things. And, um, I don't, that newsletter is not about me. That newsletter is what's happening in the phys ed world. So a different podcast, different events that's happening around the world. So they can then think, Oh, this is near me. I might actually click on and, um, sign up for this conference or, this is a good podcast that that I I need to learn about more. So, um, hey, it's someone's helped me before, and then I, it's all about just keep helping others along the way in their journey. I, I think it's really important that we do network and we do um, give back, but obviously not too many people do it. Like there's yourself, there's Andy here, um, there's a, there's a few. Well, there's there's a lot a lot of other people doing it, but it's only a very small group yeah. who are putting themselves out there. Why do, you, why do you think people are so reluctant to share and give back to the community like you do? Um, well, I think people may be afraid as well of thinking if they share something that they may not get that um, confidence from others. Um, and I started like that because I think, oh, I'm a, bit of, I'm a bit of an overthinker. I'm a real female that thinks about, oh, God, what happens here? And I overthink too much. But uh, I've learned to sort of calm my brain down. So uh, when I started uh, producing resources and, and, and sharing with them, um, I guess the more I did it, but the more I was able to show the evidence for my students and how it worked, the more, um, I guess, not likes, but responses I got from, I guess, from my audience and then starting to ask those questions. Some may just want to keep it to themselves and that's okay. And that's there's there's no um, rules about that. No, sure. um, but I know, but I know about the, about the physical community around the world. It's like a family. Honestly, yep. uh, it's if you're on Twitter and you have a question, within 10, 15, 30 minutes, you got a you got a response, and um, and and that's the power of networking. How people want to help, and it's not just about you and what you're doing. It's about how you can help others. So. Um, yeah, it's each their own, um, but then there's others that take take it for granted, yeah. um, and you know, unfortunately, don't say thank you and um, don't acknowledge your work. But hey, that's yeah, that's something um, you know you, you can't do much about no, it. No. You just got to keep going. But you've got, yeah. you've got a, you've, I was really impressed with the size of your audience. Your Facebook page has something like two thousand followers, which is that's amazing. That's huge. Yeah, it says a lot yeah, about the quality to- of your work. Yeah, it just hit the um, 2100 last night, actually, so I was wrapped. Um, again, it's uh, – it, it, I mean, it's a great audience. Um, you know, I definitely don't have any goals, and, you know, by the time June I want to get 2500. It's just producing, um, I guess, a, a support network for them. And yeah. I have started um, a what's called a Miss Phys Ed Zone, which is, a, I guess, it's a, an online group through Facebook – where those educators who are uh, part of that group, there's about over 100 on that lo- on that group who want to ask questions. So it's not like, uh, I guess, other groups like PE Central um, and other phys ed groups where they share resources or have a bit of debates. This is just a, um, hey, I need some help with behaviour management or how can you help me with this? Or I might post a question for the week and then they have a week to respond to those questions. Um, so it's, it's a, more of a unique Group that, it's like a mastermind. Yeah, yeah, and giving them, um, I guess, some trust and, and confidence in asking something, someone who've never met before and having trust in them for them to support them if they got no one else to go to. No, that's good. And, um, yeah, that, that's an impressive audience and, and a mastermind led by someone like yourself. That sort of setup, I think, is, is there's a lot of value in that and I hope 
uh, any of our listeners who are looking for something like that can check out your your Facebook page, which I'll I'll link to um, in the show notes. Um, so well done with that. You um, you're you're a good good you're a fantastic flipped educator, and the stories I've heard you share about what it's done for your students are, are amazing. Can you tell us what flipped learning is about for you, um, and what that looks like in a primary physical education setting? Yes, so um, Carl, you're one of my inspirations in terms of flipping my classrooms. But when I started, I didn't research. I didn't ask people. People, I just went in head first and I crashed and burned in terms of my videos were terrible. Um, there was no meaning to it. There's no content. It was just it was horrible. So I uh, <clears throat> I went off flip learning, and then I went back into it to start of 2016. And this is when I did, I remember listening to one of your um, online uh, presentations with, with Jared about your flip learning journey. I thought, this is awesome. And this guy's, he knows this stuff. So um, you really inspired me to flip my classroom. Um, I know Sean DeMorton in Melbourne, he does amazing videos. But for me, flip learning is about um, giving my students a head start with their learning because we know that PE is um very time limited and I see my students once a week for an hour if I'm lucky um, then sometimes with my younger students it's 40 minutes by the time they come in they ask the questions they muck around and it's, it's um yeah so time is precious and we want them to be moving um you know 90 90 95% of the time if not even more than having that theory side of things so learning for me is allowing students to learn in their own time um to ask the questions to their parents or to the guardians and to really give them a head start of what we're going to be doing for the previous or for the next lesson and for the unit that it's coming ahead. So, um, and and so, yeah, I'm just I've lost my track of thought actually. Um, so, for, so you're saying for you, it's is it the, the it's about creating more time? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's not about it's not about the technology side of things. It's about. Um, um, giving them opportunities to um, head start, provide them and like, you know, for example, if I'm doing gymnastics and I'm horrible at gymnastics and I come into, into my classroom and I have a look, oh, my God, we're doing gymnastics, straight away you get the um, excuses, oh, I feel sick, um, I'm going <laughs> tummy that means I can't do it and when they bring mum and dad involved in the conversation then it's really hard to say no and, you know, toughen up but um, – I guess it gives them a week to mentally prepare themselves of their expectations and, and you, you know, you put your learning outcome. So this P is expecting you to land safely on your feet um, by the end of the next lesson. So then they can even practice, start practicing at home. And, um, you know, I can link a YouTube video. I can link myself in there. Um, they do enjoy seeing the teacher's face and hearing your voice on, on your videos. But I use a lot of Google slides as well. Recently, I just created one for my athletics unit that we're doing in Term 1 this year. So I've linked our track and field events onto slides and then students will um, scan a QR code so they have access to the slides and then in their own time, they'll prepare themselves on the expectations that is expected for them um, to learn over the unit. Yeah, I, I get this question a lot. Um, you know, I'm a big advocate for flip learning and I and I spend a lot of time speaking to people about it. But a, a lot of people say, well, you know, it's all well and good that you use this at a secondary level um, to teach theory concepts around physical education. But how do you use it in primary school? And and what I tell them is, is very similar to what you've just said to us. It's about um, exposing them to skills earlier. It's about creating more time. Um, by not having to teach some of those fundamental skills early, you can just jump straight into things if you want. So it frees up all of that space. But I'm no primary teacher. Um, would that be would that be all right? My my assumptions there about how it would work in a in a primary setting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way I use it with with my students, and um, probably about there's about oh eighty percent students from last year that had access to iPads and, and internet. Um, so they were able to then connect and, and get the, the um, learning video, which I call it for my students. Um, so the other students who don't have access to the, um, the learning video, then we make time for them. So they don't aren't behind the eight ball and it's not a, you're in trouble because you don't have the internet at home. It's hey, bring your mates, 
come and watch this two or three minute video. This is what we're doing, focusing on. Um, so then they are aware that when they come into classroom, that athletics is, is on the cards and, um, you know, get them excited as well of what we're doing because kids get excited about PE. It's as simple as that. Mm. <laughs> it's not that they get bored. There's no way. They are so excited. They are ready to learn and um, providing them some flip learning videos helps them to get pumped up. Uh, you mentioned access to internet. Would you would you call that one of the biggest challenges that you yeah. face at that primary level? Yeah, definitely. In primary level, um, absolutely. Um, but also um, for parents to understand that what we're trying to do. So what I did at the start of the year is I sent out a letter to to the, to the year levels that I was doing some flipped learning with, so from years three to six. And so every parent received a letter saying, this is what your child's doing in health and physical education, the purpose, um, the benefits of flipped learning or I call them learning videos um, and expectations. So the parents then are aware that if their child is watching a quick two, three minute video um, over and over again, they are aware that it's a it's their challenge for at home to do. Um, and they're not just, you know, playing around on, on their iPads all the time. It's just giving them that um, head start with their learning and also for parents to get involved into your PE program so they can see that um, what Christine is going to do next 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 PE lesson. Um, if you get your parents involved, then you're halfway there by making sure that we're providing quality education, not only just in, in the classroom but also in the big gym and outdoors. Everything you mentioned there is so important with flip learning, you know, making sure that you educate not only the students but the parents about what you're doing and why you're doing it and the benefits that their students, their, their kids are going to see. Um, and it's, I think it's, we don't open up our classrooms enough and flip learning provides this awesome platform for yeah. parents to see exactly what we're doing, exactly what their students are doing and learning at any time. And um, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic approach that I, you know, I've, I spend a lot of time doing and I explain to people some of these things because you mentioned that when you started it, you crashed and burned. Um, and I, I speak to a lot of people that just struggle with it and they think that it's just about the video, but that's, um, that's, that's probably the last thing you want to, you want to worry about. It's about, um, repurposing that, that classroom time that you have and, and being able to, um, just have that, have more time, like, like you mentioned. And if we can, if we can teach some of those fundamentals, like the education, you know, teaching kids how to explicitly watch a video because, you know, that's a skill in itself and right. making sure that we have the focus questions afterwards so that we know that the students are digesting the content and then what does the classroom lesson look like after that? If we can establish all of that and, and put that in simple terms for teachers, then it's going to be um, much easier for um, people to establish the skills around the slip classroom. And that's, you know, really that's the biggest reason why I started um my I have my side business, my study series, because I would advocate all the time and people would say, oh, well, I don't have the skills, I don't have the time to make the content, but I believe in it so much that uh, particularly the things that come through foot learning, the increased relationships, the, the more time on task and the higher order thinking skills, I, I value that so much that I thought, hell, I'll just build it for them. And that's what I've done. And that's not necessarily ideal, you know, you want to be the one in front of the video. You want your students to see you because um, that's where those key relationships are. But if it can get people into this pedagogy and this approach, then um, I'm, I'm all for that. So, um, no, that's right because, I mean, you're, 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 you're spot on and it is about educating them how to watch the flip learning. You can't just expect the students to scan a QR code and do it. You actually have to drill into them and say, this is how you do it, this is what you're looking for, guys. Um, you can pause, you can rewind, you can fast forward, you can slow it down, you can come back to it the other day and the next day. Um, it's teaching them how to do it properly because some students aren't aware, especially if they're only nine, eight years old, yeah. because we expect a lot of things from them. But if we break it down even more um, and also flip learning gives them confidence in walking in into your learning space knowing what they're doing and they're ready to go. They're, they're not going to give you the excuses that my tummy saw. They're going to go out there and, hey, they might have some questions, 
but at least they'll feel good about it knowing what they're doing. Yeah. Where are you seeing the biggest benefit uh, from this approach with your students? Um, I think more um, time in terms of allowing students to do their own discoveries. So instead of me standing at the front of the stage or in front of the class or in front of the whiteboard, um, it's it's giving them that opportunity. Okay, what did we, what do we find out during your learning video? You know, three main points: turn and talk, go for an active walk, discuss. Let's go through the learning tension. Let's go through a driving question. All right, off you go, guys. This is your time to discover, to make your own discoveries in your own way, like you did by watching the video. You watched your video in your own time and own way. Now it's time to put into action and let's see how what discoveries you can make. So I think it's allowing students to drive it and it's allowing me to sort of watch and learn, participate and obviously assess and do those checklists, all those boring stuff that we have to do. Um, but we we are allowing students to take charge and go get throwing the ball into the court and giving them confidence to um, um, take ownership of their learning. Nice. A, a, a lot. Oh, it was a long time ago, maybe two years ago. You were on the PE Geek podcast with with Jared Robinson, yes. and you shared a story from your old school about your PE tech group and how they help lead and develop the use of technology in your classroom. Could you could you share the story with our listeners? Yeah, and actually, that's my first um, podcast, and I was petrified. I was panicking. I was going red, even though he couldn't see me. I was just like, "Oh, this is horrible." Um, no, you did, no, you no. did really well. That was a, that was because I, I didn't recall that story until I decided that we we're going to get you on the podcast, and I remembered it vividly. In fact, oh, I, cool. I remember being on the bike at the gym listening to you talk about flip learning. So uh, you must have you must have said some things right. Oh, glad to hear. Um, yeah, so the PE Tech Group was a. Uh, yeah, cool thing that I'm going to start up this year again. And it's something because it's, um, again, allows students to discover. So at the old, my old school, Aiken Creek, which I was at 2016 for the year, they had a digital technologies group because they were huge on digital technologies, the curriculum, they were huge. So they created a, a student-led group where the students were able to um, create some events, um have a look at some ideas and connect with other schools. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a go and try a PE tech group. And so I had um, applications, so from students from years three to six, and so I had some two from each year level. Students had to apply for the job, uh, the job for the positions. And um, so, yeah, we had eight students from various year levels, and once a week we would meet and we would just go through various apps that benefit them in, in PE. And then the students would learn in the tech group how to use them and then they would then be responsible in supporting students during their class time um, or also supporting other students on how to use it. So, for example, um, at that time we are using uh, Adobe uh, Voice, so the Spark, so where they created their own little flip learning videos. And I remember a student in year three, she created a – flip learning video using Adobe Voice um, on soccer. And that was really cool because then she was able to present it to um, the class on, you know, what we're going to be doing part of our invasion games unit. So, um, yeah, it's just given them opportunities to see how technology can be used in health and PE and then how can we spread that message to our our students in, in class time. And it was a really simple group, but, um, yeah, it was really beneficial. It sounds amazing, and not, not only are you providing um, some work for those students who are advanced and some extra learning for them, but you're also creating a, an environment which promotes mentoring and for kids at that age to learn the skill of mentoring and empathy and all of those other skills that come with that. That's um, that's some real higher order thinking there in itself, and that's amazing that you can create an environment for your students like that so it's it's really impressive and i hope some of our listeners can can take some of that on board and, and maybe consider what that might look like in their school and their classrooms creating some sort of group like that that promotes mentoring because mentoring is is so valuable and we use it a lot in our school um, and in my classrooms about how those students who are at the higher end of of learning are able to support and assist with those who might be just up and coming and struggling with certain concepts. So it's, it's such a powerful approach. Yeah, and it's, it's giving them opportunities because 
some of these students may never get an opportunity to lead a group to be part of um, any sporting team or any any kind of club. And for them just to say, hey, I was part of that group um, and I learned something new, then I was able to then to teach, you know, Billy Bob down the side how to work this app and how it benefits him um, with his throwing technique. Like it's just, again, it's they become the teachers and we need to put trust in our students that they can do it regardless how old they are, regardless how, how many years' experience they've had in this world, um, give them the opportunity because you can tell, I can tell you right now, they will teach you something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is a little bit awkward, but when we recorded this back in January, we lost the last two questions of the interview. But this has turned out to be a blessing in disguise because you've just returned from an amazing trip that looks like it was full of adventures and learning. So, Christina, tell us all about it. Yeah, thanks, Carl. It's good to be um, reconnected now. So like you said, I did um, go on a trip a bit of a lifetime for myself. Um, I attended the Shape Nashville, uh, Shape America Conference in Nashville back in March, I think it was, or I, thought, I forgot what it was now. It's been, it feels like it's been years ago. But um, so I attended that. I attended the five-day conference and I attended three days out of the five days. And um it was just an eye opener to what I walked into, what I was expected, or to what I was thinking and what I expect. It just blew my mind away. Um, the amounts of um, people there was just crazy, and I, I absolutely loved the um, the showcase of all the different um, stalls they had there, and, and promoting different types of ways you. Programs that you include in your into your programs, and it was just a real eye opener. Um, there were just so many um, sessions that you could choose from, but you're like, oh my god, I need to see him, I need to see her. They're at the same time. You can go from from one session to the other session in between. So it was fantastic in that way. You weren't locked in in a session. You could sort of move from um, from point A to point B. And um, meeting my phys ed rock stars, they were, they're, they're my idols that I've been following for the last couple of years, that, especially from America, um, was just... Uh, Who were some of those? Um, so a few of them were um, Matthew Bassett. He was just a, such a lovely man. Um, uh, Steph, there's Sarah, GHs, Naomi. Um, and that, like these girls I really look up to in terms of educators and, and the way they approach their teaching is just... Brilliant. Um, uh, I met oh, Will Potter, um, Pete, Captain Pete. Oh, my God. Um, he was probably like – he was a quick in and out, but to give him a handshake, give him a hug was just like, yeah, man, that's like the Michael Jordan basketball, really. Um, and there was – the list goes on, honestly. Um, but what was so nice to hear back is when I, I travelled with – with Aaron Gardner and, and Wayne Schultz and I supported them in, in a T20 strike and fielding session. So they led the, the session and I was a bit of a supporting role. And to hear that the nice feedback that, that we got that it was nice for them to meet us was just a, a real, um, wow, then we must be doing some good stuff down under. And it was like that we've known them for years and years and it was just so nice to put that face to a name and, um, and straight away we were, we were helping each other. We were connecting straight away. Um, we'll, it was just like we and we had you know, a couple of drinks together during the social nights, and it was just and that's the best thing about this phys ed world because regardless where you go around the world, you meet someone, you've been like, oh yeah, I've chatted with you on social media, and you just get along like a house on fire. You're there for the same reason. You've got the same passion, and you just want to help out and. At the moment, what I'm doing with Ryan Armstrong, he's another guy that I met. He's a, he's a huge superstar. Um, so we're designing different um, or we're teaching our students different games. So his students have taught my students a warm-up game and vice versa. Then we are providing feedback to each other. Our students are providing feedback. So, again, that just um, shows the connection and the power of networking can do with, um, with people around the world that straight away myself and Ryan thought, yeah, we're going to do this project together. Um, so let's do that. So that just happened recently. Um, so yeah, like, like I said, I, I was in Nashville for those couple of days and, um, I hear what you like. I really like, 
mentioning and and this was the same for me in Dubai, like meeting yourself and meeting people like Dan Popescu and yeah. you go over there and these are people that you've engaged with for so long and but you go over there and you meet them for the first time and it's just like you just kick it off straight away and that's yeah. that's really awesome. So I think it's such a big part of I guess our growth as well being able to network and share and meet up and finally meet up. So um, that's really cool that you got to do that stuff and it seemed like it was really successful for you. What do you what did you find was the biggest difference between say your curriculum in Australia and kind of the stuff that they were working on over there? Um, well Unfortunately, I, I didn't have that. I, I didn't have that time to dig deep into their brains and think, "Oh, what do you guys do differently here, here and there?" But I think, and I've said this on social media. This is probably nothing to do with their curriculum, but what I really love what the Americans do is the way they acknowledge the teachers through the um, <clears throat> teacher of the years, and I think that's just so important because I know in Australia we do a little bit like that, but nothing, um, I guess, spectacular. Like we do acknowledge. Um, people who work in their school sports Victoria within different industries. But what the Americans do, they really put on a show for these teachers who really work their butts off um, and who really make a difference for other teachers and other students. And they have these award ceremonies, they have the dinner cer- ceremonies, um, they have the middle teachers of the year, the elementary teachers of the year, the the health side of things, the physical, physical education side of things. And I think that's just, it's just, it's, it's just a nice gesture I mean, it's not about receiving the certificates or trophies, but, you know, giving, giving a pat on the back for someone who's put in all his hard work, and I think they do that brilliant over there. Um, and that, and, I think, and I'm I think you'd that- be surprised. I think, sorry to interrupt, I think you'd be surprised yeah. just how well you do that in Australia. Like when I went to, when I keynoted at the Etchba Tasmania conference, I could, yeah. I, I couldn't almost fell off my chair at the, the amount of stuff they're giving away to good teachers. Like yeah. over in New Zealand, as a as a comparison, we tend to reward long service, and that's about it. That's seriously, that's all we reward, and maybe an up and coming uh, physical educator, and and that's any like you say, it's not about it's not about receiving a prize or recognition, but it's just acknowledgement, I think. And we're in a profession that so many people are leaving and getting away from. If we want to keep all these fantastic young teachers, we need to show more appreciation of them, I think. Yeah, and and, and, and I'm glad you brought up Atchba Tasmania because that's I've been to a conference the last couple of years and presented at Tasmania, and it's a beautiful spot down there as well. And they do that really well where they do acknowledge the up-and-coming teachers they get them to the front, um, it's a, a school, they acknowledge the school, they acknowledge the profession, um, they actually um, go into their classroom and, and record the things that they do and, and showcase it to the mm. other audience, which is I think it's it's really important because, yeah, we hear, we see photos, but we actually see them live in action, which which is fantastic. So, no, I'm, I'm really happy that you brought up um, Ashford Tasmania. I know Ashford Victoria, they do um, little bits and pieces, which is fantastic, and um, they do all the good things, which is which is brilliant. Um, but I just really love the way the, the Shape America and Americans did it, and um, in a way they make a huge deal of it, which they should. Yeah. It's a huge, big deal for them, and, and, and people – in my eyes, I think they sort of fight for that, but that's something that they really want to reach, that highest point of, you know what, I've been recognised by my peers, by my country, that the effort that I've put into has given me this, the reward. Um, and, you know, that's something that I think is just, hey, well done, and that's what they do really well there. So, um and like the whole curriculum side of things, the Australians, we have different curriculums in different states. Um, where they have all the shape standards. So that's completely different as well. I know we have an Australian side of things, but I know the Victorians, New South Wales, they all uh, follow different curriculums as well. So that's a big difference. And you you presented there? In, In shape. I was a support role for Wayne and okay. Azza. So they okay. presented the um, T20 as a Huge success. Um, um, I know Schultze, Wayne, he has worked a lot over the last couple of years just to get the, the USA cricket um, happening and um, supporting those boys in America. And it's a big hats off to him because he's really worked his backside off and nice. um, 
and he's and you can see the difference. You can see the work is put in because cricket has now has been mentioned and has been noted in America. And you know the strike and they can put into their strike and fielding units. They can use the equipment in all different areas. So um, it's going to be huge. USA cricket will be huge. It looked like I, I tried to follow your progress through your Facebook photos and stuff like that. But uh, did you get to do some teaching at other schools while you're over there, jump in and do some guest teaching? Is that right? Yeah, I, I must have got the teaching bug because even though <laughs> I was only away for about two weeks in, in my holidays, like, oh, my God, I need a teaching now. So after Shape America, it was like giving me the inspiration. So um, I was very lucky enough. Again, Twitter, I, I put it out the question. I was in New York City at the time and I said, is anyone out there can take me in for a day. I'd love to go and have a look at the American school and how they look like in, inside and outside and maybe take a session. And I was lucky enough to get in contact with Sarah Wood and she's absolutely lovely person who just welcomed me with open arms and said, come on down. And we organised this within 48 hours. So wow. where I was staying in East Village, she wasn't very far away, about a, a couple train stops um, and it was so cool because when I walked at the front of the school, it's like it's like what you see in the movies. Like it's just like uh, bricks. Um, they were on the side street. It was um, you walk in and the corridors are the same. What what, what you see in the movies. Um, and so she allowed me to, to take a session with her um, kindergarten students, pre-K, I think they were called down there. And so I took them a bit of an adventure, a bit of an imagination, uh, using a lot of visualisations with their students. Um, um, what else did I did? I did a lot of uh, movement walks. Um, just, just I was just throwing bits and pieces that I think, you know what, if you can take one thing out of my sessions there are to use for other areas, um, then happy days. So I was, I was really fortunate enough and they were great. They were asking a lot of questions. Where do I live and how far it is and about the kangaroos and koalas. And, <laughs> um, so we were able to make some connections there. And then I was able to throw in some, um, different, um, activities for them that connects to my learning, what we do down under. And, um, and what was really cool is to know that they still, um, teach in the snow. So, and I said to them, it doesn't snow in Australia as much. So we, um, we get a lot of sun, a lot of rain, but no snow. And, um, I said to them, you're very lucky because you get, you got a big cafeteria and, and we don't have a canteen at school. And they were just like, what? No cafeteria? I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> so, and I, the, when I came back to Australia, that's the first thing I told my kids. I go, guys, they've got the best cafeteria that you, they serve food for you. And they're like, what? What about us? What about we don't even have our canteen? And um, so it was um, It was just really cool, like just the little things just to know the difference between an Australian school and, and, and an American public school. So, But um, I, I can't thank Sarah enough for this opportunity because it was just great to be back on – on the court to teach hmm. and great to learn from her as well. I was going to say that absolutely blows my my mind that you would do that on, I guess, a, a kind of a working holiday. Yeah. But then as I've gotten to know you, that's like no surprise that you're going to do that. And I think it's, that would have been such a powerful experience for those kids, having someone from halfway across the world come in, take them on this adventure. Yeah. And then those, that questioning, like those kids are going to remember that moment for a very long time, I bet. And I, I just think that hats off to you for doing that because I definitely wouldn't have. I would have been looking for where my next donut was going to come oh. from most likely. Well, I did that a lot. I must admit, I did, I did find a lot of bars and, 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 and um, burger places. But um, I, I think if I was there, the, the opportunity was there for me and I needed to take it with, um, with open arms and then I then travelled to to Ireland and I did the same thing. So with the people that I was staying, I just said, look, do you know anyone that teaches in the school? And they said, yes, we do. We've got a, a primary teacher. I thought, bang, I've got it. Mm -hmm. And, again, it happened within the last, within days and I, I, I came to the school um, in Cockwell. I think I pronounced it correctly. And it was freezing, freezing, freezing cold. Um, so then, again, I took – the, the preps of the pre-K students and I took them on Aussie Outback Adventure 
Um, and it was funny because their, their school didn't have a, a specialised PE teacher, so it was a classroom teacher that took the, the lesson and there were two other teachers that came on, came to the court where I was teaching and said, oh, are you free all day? And I said, oh, to be honest, I'm not. I've got to head back down South Island. So um, I probably would have been there all day. <laughs> Um, but again, it was just that opportunity to give these students something that we do um, in Australia, and and again learn from them and learn to see what they do, what equipment do they have, how do they approach their lessons, and you know give the tips, give some tips to the classroom teacher because she wasn't specialised in PE. So that made me feel good and made me think, you know what, I'm actually helping you from the other side of the world. Yes, during a holiday. Um, but you know what? It only took an hour, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll do it again. So it, it wasn't that I was there for weeks and weeks and weeks, but it, it's just one hour that I, I gave my time and I put a pause on that holiday and I went into a bit of a work mode situation. Good on you. Good on you. So yeah. before we get to the last question, is there anything I might have missed during this interview or anything that you want to mention, or is there anything you want to ask me? Um. I, I I don't have any questions at the moment. I probably did have one before, but it's it's gone missing to be honest. But uh, look, I highly recommend whoever listens to this is when you are out traveling. I know the last thing you do want to get back, last thing you want to do is get into work mode. But if you are in a situation like I was, um, just ask ask someone a network, and that's the power of of, of networking to get in a school for an hour or two. And then um, and make a huge difference, and and, and take back the, your learnings and success stories back to your school. And then I can, sh- and then like I did, I shared it with my kids, and they were just blown away that they still do PE when it's snowing, and it's they were like they're crazy. So, um, but you know, just just do it. Um, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> maybe that's just me. I, I don't think I've had a holiday where I've completely switched off, but. That's who I am. No, it's a good challenge. And yeah, like like you yeah. said, I encourage people to give that a go and step out of their comfort zone. And if any teachers yeah. are in Wellington, they feel free to come along and take my classes off me for the day. I'd, I'd yeah. gladly oblige. Yeah. But... Thank you guys. Thank you. Please do. <laughs> okay. Final question. I've seen you doing some pretty decent deadlifting. What's your what's your current 1RM and do you plan on taking your lifting any further? Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I, I did a lot of powerlifting for probably about three, four years. Um, as a as a break from from I guess work life, I needed to find something. Um, so I chose powerlifting as it was an individual sport for me to just I guess let go of frustration and it was a point of view and just to maintain that that fitness and different style of fitness. Um, so at the moment it's 180, 180 kilos. So you, you're kidding me. You like you've got to be kidding me. No, 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 no. I, oh it, my I mean, it, gosh, it's not above my shoulders. It's quick up to my hips and lock out. Um, so that I currently hold the national record for my weight class, which is 69 or 68, I think it is. Um, and so I've, I've put a pause on the on the powerlifting um, and I, I now I, I coach a women's AFL team or a local league mm-hmm. and I still do a lot of training. Um, but in terms of competition, I'll definitely put a pause onto that. But... Um, yeah, I still like to lift a bit of weights. <laughs> so, yeah, I surprised myself in terms of how quickly the – if you if you stick to a, folk, a training focus, you know, five, six times a week, um, how quickly your your the muscles yeah. can build and, hey, anything's possible, like Andy Hare and Sean DeMord and yours use for Ironman. Yeah, yeah. I won't tell you how much I deadlift because it's nothing no, – it's nothing close to that. But um, that that's really no, no, no. That's re- that's a really impressive lift, and um, you know, I, I what was that? Two hundred and fifty kilo. No, my, I think I've done two hundred five before. That's about it, and that was that was that. I felt like yeah. I was gonna splat out my intestines, so um, I'll, yeah. I'll stay away from the dead, heavy deadlifts. I think. Anyway. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, well, that's all good. Hey, I just want to um. Yeah, really appreciate you sharing your story with us. I, I think you're a pretty inspirational pers- person, particularly around 
like the you going over to America and then seeking out those opportunities to teach it, it actually does blow my mind. And I, I think it says a lot about your character. Um, I've followed you through social for quite a while now, and it was a real pleasure to meet you in Dubai last year. Um, but you just keep doing what you're doing because, you know, your kids, they get such a, a fantastic learning environment from you with all of the cool things you're doing and all the stories you can tell and then your contribution to the community through your website and the resources that you're pushing out it's just fantastic so um the PE community is really lucky to have you the, the flip learning community is lucky to have you with the work you're doing there and you know everybody that comes in, in contact with you is is learning something from you so um, keep that up and I uh, just want to thank you for coming on the podcast no thank you Carl and thank you for all the work that you do and um, yeah, I, I've definitely noticed you a couple of years back with your flip learning and um, you're a very nice man meeting you in Dubai and um, so I appreciate everything you do for the the community of Z and um, yeah keep it up buddy cheers have a, have a good week alright thank you